0: Let's open up in prayer. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. Uh, We thank you um, for your presence in our lives. We thank you, God, for each and every person that is listening and watching today, God. That wherever they are in the world, um, Lord, let them know, God, that your presence is with them, God. That no matter what the situation is uh, that they may be facing, Lord, we know that we have our hope in you, God. And when you are in us, Lord, when you are, when we are aware of your presence in us, Lord, we know, God, that we can never be defeated, that every situation will turn around for our good. We thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you that your word, you've compared your word as seed on good ground. But we also ask for your Holy Spirit to germinate the seed that, that is being sown today, God. That it would be uh, just like a mustard seed like you said Lord in your word that it, it is the smallest seed of all but when it when it grows it becomes into this big into the biggest tree that gives shade to birds and and, and and people around us God let Lord let I pray God that right now that your word would begin to germinate within us Holy Spirit that your word would germinate right now and it would bear harvest in every person's life. So that your kingdom will advance like never before. And the gates of hell will not prevail against your kingdom, God. And the gates of hell will not prevail against your people. Lord, it doesn't matter, Lord, right now, which denomination that people are from. That if they're listening to the word, that that let them know that you love them, God. Let them experience your love. Whatever religion they're from, God, whatever background they're from, Lord, I pray, God, that every single person would experience that you are real in this season of their life, that you are real in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. I would love for you to open your Bibles uh, to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And we're going to read from verses 1 to 4. And I'm reading in the New King James Version. And it says, now it came to pass from verse 1, It says, now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I remember growing up, you know, uh, learning the Lord's Prayer at home with my mom and dad. But also, I remember that when we were in a, I was in a, in a Catholic school, uh, and in that school, we would say the Lord's Prayer every single day. Whichever religion, uh, whatever caste, whatever color, whatever creed uh, you were part if you were in my school, you would say the Lord's Prayer. And sometimes I would, we would just say the Lord's Prayer because it, it was something that we just said in the morning during the assembly time. And, and I felt like uh, today the Lord wanted to bring and establish a, a revelation of the kingdom uh, in, in uh, from His, prayer. Now, when we talk about the Lord's prayer, we're talking about the prayer that the Lord taught His disciples to pray. Uh, But more than just a a model prayer that that people would uh, repeat over and over again, um, the the Lord is actually talking about how we need to. He's giving us in-depth knowledge of how we need to acknowledge God's will. God's kingdom and God's perspective uh, in our lives. So today the the title of my message is Heaven's Perspective. If you're writing down notes, that's, that's the title of my message, Heaven's Perspective now the Lord's prayer or communication with God is not something that that needs to be repetitive you know it, it's not something that needs to be uh, uh, religious in a way that says that the more times I repeat this prayer that God will hear my prayer it, the more I repeat it the more I talk about it the more I I pray this same prayer to God that he will hear me and when he hears me over and over again then he will bless me and then he will be satisfied that I've prayed so many times and I've repeated this prayer so many times and, and then God will begin to bless me that is not prayer or communication out of relationship you know yeah, um, I've been married for 13 years uh, uh, of, my, of my life uh, uh, to Kelsey and uh, I don't come to Kelsey every day and say the same message to her Every single day, I, I don't come to her and and read from a book, or I don't come to her and communicate from uh, from memory the same sentences every single day. It, it really means it means that that I have no relationship. I don't have a perspective. I don't understand her heart for my life, and I don't and I'm not communicating from my heart to to her and in the same way jesus is is trying to teach us he's trying to teach his disciples and he's trying to teach us today that communication or prayer with god or to god is a dialogue it's not a monologue and it's not repetitive right he he, he, he says, you know, don't be like the scribes and Pharisees that, that make a lot of noise and assume that they are becoming righteous by making a lot more noise. Now, so what he's trying to teach us in in, in in this prayer is that we need to come into a, an understanding of what is God's will for our lives what is, what, is, what, what is God's kingdom and what is his perspective in the current season that we're living in now our seasons change according to life life throws a curveball at us at all so many so many times we're not ready for certain circumstances and situations in our life and so we need God's perspective. We need heaven's perspective in our everyday life. So so which means that God has a perfect plan. He has a perfect will for every single individual, every single human that exists on the planet. God has a will for our lives. And God has a perfect plan and purpose for the earth, the world that we live in. Now, uh, is it uh, is it God's will uh, for uh, that everybody should be sick? No. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Why? Is because Jesus paid the price for sickness, sin, and disease on the cross two thousand years ago. So, which means God came down as man and He paid the price for our sickness, sin, and disease on the cross, so that whoever believes in Jesus begins to experience heaven. On Earth, what I'm trying to say is, it's God's will for you and I, and every one on the planet, all of humanity, to experience His perfect will. His perfect will for your life and my life is that we would experience eternal life. We would experience heaven on earth. We would experience in in us, heaven, experiencing perfect peace, experiencing the the perfect blessedness that comes from being right standing with God, Um, the perfect, uh, the presence of God. We're experiencing uh, just uh, such a blessed life. When we come into understanding God's will for our lives, now it changes the way we communicate with God. You know, every time uh, my birthday would come around, uh, you know, when I I was growing up, uh, I knew, uh, that uh, that when my dad, uh, w- when it was my birthday, that, that my parents wanted to buy me a gift, I would go to them and talk to them about what gift I wanted well in advance, so that when the time came for my birthday, I knew exactly what my dad was going to give me, because, because that was something that my dad and I discussed. Now, when we understand God's will for our lives, Jesus is trying to tell us that the way we pray, the way we communicate is not a religious form of do's and don'ts, but the way we communicate is personal. The way we pray should be personal. It should be relational, but it also should be an acknowledgement of what is God's will for your life. What is God's will for my life? Now, When we understand that uh, that sickness is not a part of God's plan for humanity, we we must understand that that if a person is sick in their body, it means that the kingdom of God needs to manifest the actuality of heaven on earth. Now, what do I mean by that? What I I mean by that is God's will, God's perfect will is heaven's actuality. it's not, so our reality of earth is not the actuality of heaven on earth. We must understand that that sickness, for example, sickness is not a part of God's plan for mankind. So if a person is sick in their body, it means that, that that person is not experiencing the perfect will of God. So how do we bring, how do we bring transformation to a person's body is when that person begins to welcome the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven in their life. So Jesus says, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So which means if there's no sickness in heaven, then there should not be sickness in our body, which means sickness is illegal in your body. Any form of sickness is illegal in your body. Now, it's illegal in your body if the if the government of your body says that it's illegal so if the person say, is is in the kingdom of god uh, that means the king's rule and reign is says that that sickness is illegal in the body but if a person does not understand what Jesus is teaching us in this prayer, he's saying that let your kingdom come, let your will be done. So which means in the kingdom, right? In the kingdom of God, the, the kingdom of God is the vessel that carries the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. So every time I want to, if, if if that person is sick in the body and I want that person to get healed, what I'm trying to say is let the kingdom of God come upon that person and let the will, when the kingdom of God comes upon the person, now the will of God superimposes itself upon the sickness and thereby transforms that person's body, changing him from sick into being healthy. Why? Because Jesus paid for that sickness on that cross. And when, he, when you believe in Jesus, now Jesus gives you perfect health. Perfect health is your portion. Being in perfect um, health is, is something that, God, that is God's desire and his will for your life. Now, when we understand that that is for the person, we must also understand that jesus says let your kingdom come let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so which means that god has a will for the earth and the and the will and god's will for the earth is that all of all of the earth would become like heaven would be transformed to be like Heaven. It's so important in in this day and age that we understand this revelation because there, there, there's so much of darkness across the earth. There's a, there's right now there's an epidemic that is ruling and reigning over cities and nations and businesses and people's bodies. And and we must understand now that the reason why it is ruling and reigning is because the kingdom of God has not manifested itself on the earth. Now when I say that what I mean is that Christians across the world has haven't have been praying to God out of protocol and what I mean by that is that they've been praying to God out of desperation rather than understanding their authority and understanding their identity and understanding their place in the kingdom of God understanding their relationship with God now when we understand that Our communication with God completely changes we don't go to God out of desperation asking God God please heal us God please remove this sickness God please remove these diseases across the world God please heal the economy God please heal my business God please heal my family we're asking God that kind of prayer is is a prayer that communicates that you are not a person in authority you're not a person who is stepped in your place of identity you're not a person who who is, is in his rightful place. It's, it sounds like you're a slave rather than a son in authority. And so what, what does it mean for the kingdom of God to come? It means that, that God has placed each one of you, wherever you are in the world today, whichever city you are in, whatever job you're in, whatever family you're in, God has placed you there. God has a perfect plan for your life and he has, he has strategically placed you in that place so that when you understand this revelation that you are in authority, God has placed you in authority over this place. Now, when you have heaven's perspective over your life, Now, when you stand in that place and welcome the kingdom and your communication with God is that, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life, upon the earth, in my city. Now, what happens is that your mind has been transformed or your mind has been renewed by the actuality of heaven. The will of God, the actuality of heaven is the perfect will of God. Now, every time your mind gets renewed by the perfect will of God, according to the season that we live in, according to the situation you're in, now the kingdom of God has a legal right to come upon the earth, come upon your life, come into your situation. And now, naturally, God supernaturally transforms the situation you're in. So if, if uh, for example, when, when, when we heard about the, the virus in our church, I went to God in prayer and, and I asked, God, what is your will for the city that we live in what is your will for our church and god god's will for us in this season was that no virus would touch our body and that we would live and not die and we would prosper in this season while everything else seems to be failing i mean our church is prospering and that was the word that god gave us so what we did was we allowed our minds to be renewed by the actuality of heaven so when the act, when our minds were renewed by the actuality of heaven now we began to pray, God, I thank you that your kingdom, I welcome your kingdom into my church. I welcome your kingdom into my city. I welcome your kingdom into my family. I welcome your kingdom into my body. And so when the kingdom of God comes upon the earth, when the kingdom of God comes into your life, now the kingdom carries the the actuality of heaven. It carries the perfect will. It carries this, this um, agent of transformation, which is the will of God upon the earth. And now when it comes, it begins to superimpose itself upon a situation and thereby bringing transformation. You know, there's not a single report. We, this is a testimony. There's not a single report of a person in our church who is who has been affected by the virus. While everything else seems to be... People are being affected all over the place. Our church, our people and are protected. Why? It's because we allowed the kingdom of God to come upon the earth. It becomes illegal for the virus to touch your body when the governing authority has a will. It becomes illegal. It is illegal for sickness to touch your body. God has given us a word in our church that, and and this happened about maybe about six months ago. God gave us a word that, that, that our church is a cancer-free zone. And I'm declaring it over you right now. That wherever you are, if you're submitted to the will of God, if you're submitted to this word, that you become a part of that cancer-free zone. That cancer will begin to leave your body. Cancer is leaving your body right now. And so when we, God gave us this word, it was so phenomenal because that, that when we established this in our church, it, it, the, the, it began to transform people's lives. Cancer's. We've had almost eight or nine cancers getting healed, one after the other, one after the other, sometimes even four cancers a month, three cancers a month from people who have been praying for, for other people. And, and we must understand, what happened in that moment? What happened was, we looked for God's perspective in a season. And when we looked for his perspective, we looked for heaven's perspective, the actuality of heaven became our reality. And this is something that is that we must understand and we must embrace into our lives that what we see in the world, the reality that we see in the world is just temporary. But what we see in the Spirit, what we see according to the way God sees, when we see according to the way God sees, then we allow His perfect will to begin to manifest into our lives. So I want to... I want us to to begin to understand that, that the kingdom of God, when Jesus is praying, he's saying, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What we're saying is that God has placed you as a person in authority that he trusts Not anybody else. He trusts you. He placed you in that family. He placed you in that business. He placed you in that job. He placed you in this city so that you could be that agent of transformation. You could be that person that welcomes the kingdom of God on earth into your life. And every time you do that, every time you establish, establish the kingdom, then the perfect will of God begins to rule and reign in your life. Your finances are protected. Your finances begin to stretch the way heaven stretches things. I mean, you must understand when the Israelites are walking through the wilderness, when God gave them a word, the word that God gave them, the will of God for them to come out of Egypt into the promised land, began to sustain them. They were not sick in their bodies. Their clothes began to grow. They were fed supernaturally. I mean, I'm talking about the, the invisible word of God began to manifest into the people who began to receive his word. He began to receive his will for their lives. You know, a lot of times we go to God and we pray to him, God, I need a breakthrough in my life god i need a, I need a break to god do signs and wonders in my life and really god wants to do the signs and wonders but in the new covenant ladies and gentlemen the protocol has changed god is not looking for you to pray to him so that he can move in fact i want to i want to give you some advice i want to tell you that god does not move based on the tactics of the enemy God doesn't respond to the tactics of the enemy. He doesn't. In fact, when the enemy does something, the Bible says that he who sits in the heavens laughs at the plans of the enemies. In fact, he's waiting for you to do something because he's placed you in authority. He's placed you in authority as a husband over your family, as a wife over your family, as a mother, as, 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 as a couple, as one flesh over your family. He has placed you in authority over that family and so he we must understand the protocol now of the new covenant in our communication to God and 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 receiving now answers for our prayers you know so we must understand that when we when we come into this place of saying God I know your perfect plan for my life I know that you have a perfect will for my life and that perfect will is for me to experience heaven on earth. Lord, I'm not experiencing heaven on earth right now. My body is communicating to me that it is not experiencing heaven on earth. So God, I know now the protocol. I know it's not about religion. It's not about how many times I pray in a day. It's not how, it's not, it's not how many times I pray the same prayer over and over again. It's not how many times I fast, how many times I, I, I holler at the, at the devil, how many times I, I read the Bible... But it's actually, the the protocol has shifted. The protocol has shifted to where now I stand as a person in authority, understanding that your kingdom needs to come. Your will needs to be established. Your kingdom needs to be established so that your will can have its way in our lives. And so, you know, I want to welcome you to pray I want to welcome you to, to, to communicate with God, not as a servant, not as a slave. Not, don't go begging God for a miracle. That's not relationship. That's not sonship. Go to God knowing your authority. And I want to, I want to show you uh, this in the scriptures, uh, especially in Jesus' in Jesus's life. Because we must understand that, <clears throat> that the person, whoever carries the, the authority is the one who has the ability to bring transformation to the earth. It is God's perfect will for the earth to become like heaven. We look at, we look at society now and, and, and the, it, it doesn't look like it's like heaven. Why? There is no perfect peace. There is no perfect health. And, and we, we have a, a lot of striving. And everything that we have that is that is so temporary, it just fades away. You know, heaven, nothing fades away because it's the word of God that gives it life. So I want to welcome you to really have an understanding of what heaven is like. And why does Jesus, why did Jesus come so that you and I can experience heaven? No, no. We must understand that Jesus came because it was God's, Will It was his will, God's will, for you to experience heaven on earth. He doesn't want you to, to die and go to heaven and then experience heaven. He wants you to live on earth and experience heaven on earth. And so I want to I wanna take you now to John chapter 11. We were in Luke 11. Now I want you to go to John chapter 11. And I want to talk to you about, <clears throat> I want to show you in the, in the life of Jesus, How he demonstrated this understanding and this authority. John chapter 11. And we'll read from verse 1. A certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany. The town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. Whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now look at, look at the way they're bringing their prayer request now. Look at the way we communicate to God now. Lord, behold, he whom you love, whom God loves, is sick. <laughs> then Jesus heard that. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. This is a very, very interesting response from a God of love. A God who loves people. Their their approach to Jesus was God. You know, the, the, the guy that you love, that's your best friend, he's sick. Can you come please pray for him? Jesus' response is he, he reveals the will of the father for Lazarus' life. He says this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God that the son of God may be glorified through it. The statement that Jesus makes is, is one of authority, not, not one that, that is emotionally led. See, a lot of times we go to God and we say, God, bless me because you love me. God, I know that I'm your favorite. You know, I, I, I know that, that I, I am better than anybody else and I'm, you love me the most. And, and God, I know that you bless me because you love me. And I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna present something to you. I wanna challenge your understanding of how God operates in the new covenant. God does not answer your prayers because he loves you. <laughs> I want it, I want it, I want I want I want this statement to sink into you right now. God doesn't answer your prayers because he loves you. God's love was displayed 2,000 years ago John three sixteen. he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have Everlasting life. So God's love was displayed already. He doesn't need to display his love anymore He doesn't need to answer your prayers because he loves you He, does, he doesn't need to do any of that because he's already made the provision for every breakthrough that you need Jesus was the provision he, he made the provision so that you in righteousness can receive all the blessings that God has for you. The book of Ephesians says that, that every blessing in the heavenly places has been already given to you. You already have every blessing. But you, you must understand that just because you have blessings in the heavenly places doesn't mean that those blessings are manifesting in your life. The reason why it's not manifesting in your life is because you think that because God loves you that when the time is right you will get the blessing. See we we need to understand that God functions according to his perfect will. God functions according to his plan and his purpose in your life. So so we must understand that that you that, see this this will take a little bit of of getting used to. This this revelation will get It'll take a little bit of, it'll challenge your mind a little bit. But that's, that's okay. It's okay. We must understand that God doesn't respond to people emotionally now. God doesn't respond to people just to prove his love to you. He proved his love on the cross 2,000 years ago. And we must understand that when we go to God, we need to communicate to him or we need to respond to him from a place of our appreciation or our love for what he has done for us. That's when we need to understand that his will will begin to flow in our lives when we begin to respond according to what he has done for us. His love was poured out on that cross. He doesn't need to prove his love anymore. He doesn't need to move because he loves you. He already did it. But where we are now today, the protocol has shifted into a place where we know that God already loves us. We know that these, these circumstances and situations are, 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 that are in our life are not come because God wants to show that he loves you. He, no, no. He, in fact, he, you are the one who has allowed this circumstance in your life because you gave it authority to rule and reign in your life. Now, when you understand that God's perfect will for your life is, so that you, is, is for you to be in perfect health, that is something, he, he, because he already loved you, he paid the price for you. Now, because he, he has already displayed his love, we need to come into a place where we acknowledge what he has done. We need to acknowledge his will. When you acknowledge his will, you're embracing his love for your life. He doesn't have to prove his love over and over again to do things for you. But in fact, God has already done it. So now we reciprocate our love to God by acknowledging his will, his kingdom and his perspective for our situation right now. So we see this right here that the Lord, he whom you love is sick and Jesus doesn't even respond to that request. He doesn't even respond to this this aspect of, hey, you know, I'm your favorite guy. Can, Can you come and pray for me? Pastor, you know, I I come faithfully and I sow into church. Pastor, I come faithfully to church. I serve in church. Can you please give me a special prayer? No, it doesn't work like that. The authority and power does not flow like that. But the way authority and power flows is when you acknowledge God's perfect will, God's kingdom, and God's perspective for your life. So Jesus says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, while Jesus makes a statement, he has his disciples around him. And the disciples, uh, Jesus says, okay, let's, um, uh, since, you know, Lazarus uh, is sick, let's just take another two more days and travel, and then we'll see what we do with it. And in verse 11, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps. Look at the perspective now. Jesus knows that Lazarus is dead, right? Martha and Mary, now it's, it's already probably two days or whatever, and, and, and then Martha sends, they send word to Jesus, the disciple you love is sick, come and pray for him before he dies. Jesus says, let's spend two more days. Let's intent, he intentionally spends two more days I mean you're talking about God right this is the love of God we, we're, we're saying God does things because he loves no God does things he, he did things because he, that he already loved you today it's, it's a little different you have to acknowledge his love and so, so his will for your life and so here now Jesus tells his disciples a friend Lazarus sleeps let's go wake him up this is a complete different perspective than what we see. We look at, we look at the news and the media that, that's giving us reports of what's happening in the world today. Oh, business is failing. Oh, the, so many deaths are taking place. Oh, the virus is doing this. Oh, the economies are crashing. Oh, all that kind of stuff. That's the reality. That's the report of the world. But what is God's will for the world? Is it God's will that everybody should die? Is it God's will that people should perish? I don't see it in the scriptures. I don't see it in the new covenant. God's will in the new covenant is that everyone should have life and life in its abundance. Not perishing, not corruption. Not destruction, but life and life in its abundance. God would, would release riches over the earth if everybody would understand that this, he has enough of provisions in heaven to release upon the earth for everybody on the earth to be fruitful and multiply and the earth be replenished. We must understand that. And so Jesus now, his perspective about Lazarus, who is already dead, says, Lazarus is sleeping. Let's go wake him up. This is phenomenal. This is absolutely phenomenal. And so the disciples now, now listen to how they, the disciples are thinking. They're thinking in, in an earthly way. They're thinking according to, to the, the, uh, the, the reality of life. Oh, Jesus, if he's sleeping, let him sleep. He'll rest and then, you know, he'll get better, Jesus If he sleeps, he'll rest and then he'll get better. But the problem is that they don't understand the perspective of heaven. God doesn't look at at death as something that is final god looks at death even if you're buried even even if you're in the tomb god does not look at death as final he looks at death as temporary which means that any minute if if it is god's will for you to live that even if you're in the grave he will bring you out of that grave even if you're in a tomb and it's been four days and you think god is late god is never late he is on time even if it's just five years and you're still in the grave if god wants to bring you if it is his perfect will for you to live i want to encourage you don't Think that death is final. God says that his will, that when a person dies, he says is only sleeping. He's only sleeping. Let's go wake him up. Let's go wake him up. And so the disciples think that Jesus is talking about, hey man, you know, Lazarus is having a snooze. <laughs> Lazarus is, brother Lazarus is having a snooze. And so, and so let's go, Jesus, let's go wake him up. And so now, the disciples, when they communicate to to Jesus uh, in an earthly reality, Jesus now plainly says to them in verse 14, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. So now you see that Jesus is trying to teach the disciples something. Jesus is trying to teach his disciples that, that there's a kingdom reality. I can, I can understand what Jesus is trying to do here. Now, the, the reason why the disciples couldn't understand it is because we have uh, the new covenant to read. And so we understand what Jesus is trying to say to us because we can read the scriptures. But when they were in the moment, I, I do understand what they were going through, right? But you must, you must understand that Jesus now is presenting to them a protocol of communication with God and how to get our prayers answered in this season, right? And in the season that they're in. So he's trying to tell the disciples, listen, Lazarus is sick for sure, but it's the will of God that his sickness would not lead to death. But Lazarus dies anyways and we think that god gave us a prophetic word that the virus will be over but the virus is still growing but the sickness, the virus is not unto death. The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God and that the son of God might be glorified through it. So, so when we understand that Jesus is trying to establish the will of God, he's trying to establish the kingdom of God. He he's waiting for the will of God to bring transformation in that person's life. And so now the disciples are not getting it. They're like, they're thinking, they're still thinking that Jesus is talking about sleeping and waking up and all of that stuff. But Jesus is saying, I want to, uh, he's trying to establish something. So, he's, so he plainly just tells them, okay, Lazarus is dead. Okay, now, and I'm glad for your sakes, the disciples' sakes, that I was not there. Why? Because if Jesus was there, he would have raised him up. But if Jesus, he's glad that he's not there. Why? Because the disciples would learn something about this protocol in our communication with God. That you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go and see him. Now, while they were walking to the place, while they were getting there, uh, Martha uh, hears that Jesus, this is Lazarus' sister, Martha, she hears that Jesus is coming so she goes running out to him so now in verse 20 Martha as soon as she heard uh, that Jesus was coming went and met him but Mary was sitting in the house now Martha said to Jesus Lord this is like most of us when we pray in in a in in a situation Lord if you had been there if you had been here my brother would not have died but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus' response to Mary to Martha is, your brother will rise again. You see, Jesus is not emotionally moved, even though these are his best friends, even though these are people who are, in, who are his followers, they're in his church, even though they come to him and say, Jesus, if you were here, this would not have happened to our brother. And Jesus' response is, yeah, I know I should have come, I should have been there on time, you know, and I'm I, sorry I, I, it took two more days <laughs> to, just, to just go do some ministry work. No, but, but Jesus, if you were here, my brother would not have died. Jesus' response is, he will rise again. Why? He's communicating the will of God. He's communicating what is God's perfect plan. God's, he's, he's establishing the kingdom amongst his disciples, but they still don't get it. Why? Because later, down, later on in verse 32, Mary now, the other sister, comes running to Jesus. She says this, Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here my brother would not have died. I mean, it's the same prayer. It's the same thing. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Same thing, without any relationship, without any perspective for the situation. Mary is saying the same thing to Jesus. And Jesus groans. The Bible says that Jesus groans within himself. And then it goes on to say in verse 35 that Jesus wept. Now, I do, I don't believe that Jesus wept because of the situation they were in. I don't believe that Jesus wept because oh you know man I came late. Shucks I should have been here on time. He was not he was not more, he was not he was not weeping because there was a he was going on a guilt trip like most of us think that oh shucks if I was there I could have you know fixed all the problems. I would have fixed all the problems in the world. That that, that wasn't why Jesus was weeping. And sometimes we feel guilty, I mean, especially those who exercise, a, who are in the, in the ministry a little bit. We, when, when a person gets sick in the church or, or we can't reach them, we feel, we feel guilty. And I, I want to I wanna rescue you from that. Jesus was not feeling guilty. He wasn't weeping because he was feeling guilty. He was weeping because, he was groaning with himself because his disciples who spent time with him, the people who were closest to him could not understand the protocol, the new protocol that he came to establish the kingdom and the perfect will of God in his communication with the Father and his, his, his rule and reign on the earth. And so now when, when he begins to, he, 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 he weeps, he, he says, okay, where's, where's Lazarus? Take me to the tomb. And he goes to the tomb. And this is phenomenal. I've never seen Jesus communicate like this. And the Bible says, In verse 41, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted his eyes up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. This is such a phenomenal statement because we don't hear Jesus praying out in public often. We, 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 sometimes we, we have to pray ourselves into faith. We, we have to pray ourselves into believing that God is for us. We have to pray ourselves into believing that, man, I want people to believe that God is with me. Because, oh, come on, I need to pray and I need to pray aloud. I need everybody to hear. I need to make a big noise for people to know that God is with me before I do a miracle. But Jesus is saying, Father, I know that you always hear me, and that you always know, you've always heard me, and I know that you always hear me. Which means God knows the prayers of your heart. God knows the thoughts that are going on in your mind. The thoughts that are going on in your mind are prayers to God. They're, you're communicating to God even though you don't speak it out in public, even though you don't, you're not saying the, the Hail Marys and you're not saying the Our Fathers five times a day, ten times a day. Even though you don't do it, God knows exactly the season you're in. God knows exactly the circumstance that you're going to because your heart is communicating to Him constantly. And you don't need to, tell, you don't need to pray in front of people So that God could hear your prayers. God hears, he understands. The protocol in the new covenant has shifted. And God knows the desires of your heart. And so Jesus, because he knows the will of God for Lazarus' life, he calls out Lazarus from the grave. He calls him out. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes out of the grave because it was the perfect will of God for Lazarus to live and not die. So whenever we face a circumstance in our life, I want to encourage you to, to seek God's will. Seek God's perfect will. Seek for his kingdom to be established in your life. When you establish the kingdom in your life, his perfect will, if you renew your mind with the perfect will of God, then you begin to establish his will on the earth. His will begins to superimpose itself. It, it brings a person who is from dead, who has been dead for four days, and he brings him back into life. I mean, that is such a, a phenomenal understanding that resurrection power, the resurrection life that God has, the life that God has and wants to give into, to, to all of humanity, is, is a, it comes from... Embracing the perfect will of God. It comes from embracing his, his will in your life. You must understand, we, 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 are, we, we have um, the, the situation in the world today is, is dire. It's, it's, it's very um, a, a troublesome time. But you are in the perfect place that God has placed you in. You are the one whom God has placed and given the authority so that you could make a difference for the kingdom but the way you do it is by by embracing God's kingdom is by by having a higher perspective, is by having a higher reality, is having a higher actuality in your mind, looking at the circumstance in your life. It could be dark, it could be dire, there could be even death, a situation of death around you. But wherever there is death, wherever there is darkness, the light shines the brightest. And God is saying, every time you embrace the will of God for your life and do not budge from it even though your friends around you will come to you and and give you the reality of your life even your family members will come to you and tell you anything else do not budge from it don't move take your stand like i said last week take your stand in the perfect will of god and do not move no matter what happens until the kingdom of god superimposes itself and brings transformation in your life So so we see that Jesus was trying to teach his disciples in in, in verse 41 and 42. He's trying to teach. He's praying out aloud so that he could teach his disciples that, that this is the way that we need to communicate with God. We need to establish the kingdom. And when the kingdom is established, the will of God begins to bring transformation on the earth. The reason why transformation is such a big deal is because god wants to transform everything that from darkness into light. This is the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God is that everyone should live and not die. The perfect will of God is that even if you're in a death situation, even if you're in a debt situation, even if you're in a, your marriage is, is heading towards a divorce, whatever it is, even if relationships are heading towards separation, whatever it is that God can bring restoration, God can bring life to that situation, If each person in that relationship begins to acknowledge the kingdom of God, begins to acknowledge the will of God for their life. You don't live for yourself anymore. Jesus said in the scriptures, he says, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you there's a there's a reality of heaven there's an actuality of heaven that god wants to add in our life it is so amazing when you understand that god does not age if god does not age why should you just think about it. What, if God, <clears throat> the, Jesus says, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So there's a different level of energy that we need to live on. That energy gives us life. That energy begins to give us life. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 8, it says that if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, that same spirit gives life to our mortal bodies which means what keeps us in the kingdom what keeps us living is the spirit of god and so now i want i want you to to understand that the reality of heaven how do we shift the reality of the earth to the actuality of heaven i want you to go back to luke chapter 11 and i want to i want to talk about i want to continue talking about the prayer Because it's not yet yet over. Jesus, he teaches them how to pray and then he gives them the context of of how we need to keep asking and keep knocking. Okay? So in verse 9, right? Luke 11, verse 9. right. So he says this. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be given will be open. it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And then he goes on to to give an example. He begins to describe how the kingdom of God works and how the, the kingdom of the earth works, the reality of earth and the reality and the actuality of heaven, right? He says this, if a son asks for bread, from any father among you will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg will he offer him a scorpion? That's, that's quite bizarre, right? And then Jesus says in verse 13 If you then, being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So what's Jesus trying to say for, for us, this protocol in, in, in the prayer, right? Where We, we go, to go, go to God and ask for things. We go to, go to God and ask for breakthrough. God, I, wanna, I, I want breakthrough in this area. I want more money. I want perfect health. I want this. I want that. I, and we, we have all of these requests that we bring before God. But what does God give us? He gives us the spirit. If we need more money to pay a bill, he gives us the spirit. Why? Because it's the spirit that gives life. He gives life to an inanimate object like money. He gives he he, he when uh, when when you have when you need perfect health in your in your body, you're sick in your body and you need health. What does God give? The spirit. He gives the spirit. Why? Because it's the spirit who gives life and we we must understand that when we think that god will throw money from from the from heaven and we'll yeah it's possible it can happen why not if if gemstones can fall in the room supernaturally why not it it can happen something manifests something from the invisible and makes it visible and you must understand that it is the nature of God, it is who He is to give life. It is who he, 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 every time you need life, and every time you need a circumstance to change, to shift in your life, you need the Holy Spirit. And so, what Jesus is trying to say to us in in Luke chapter eleven is that when we go to God and we ask, He says, "Ask, and you will receive." you seek for whatever you want and you will find it you knock and the door will be open but the thing the element which brings the breakthrough is asking according to the will of God seeking the kingdom of God knocking the door of of heaven which is already the door has already been opened but when God gives you your breakthrough he releases the Holy Spirit now, every single person that is, that is living today, every single person that, that has received Jesus as your Lord and Savior has been filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, we just celebrated Easter. Uh, we just celebrated Good Friday and Easter where we believe that Jesus, who, 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 was, who was dead uh, on the cross, was buried and is resurrected Easter celebration is not just for one day but Easter, but the, the resurrected life is a lifestyle where the Spirit of God is constantly resurrecting areas that are dead and He's bringing it back to life. The way we do that, the way we bring transformation in the world is when we understand what is God's perfect will for your life. When, whenever a perspective of our life begins to shift to the perspective of heaven we welcome the kingdom of god into our lives and when we when we bring the kingdom of god on earth as it is in heaven new life begins to flow out of you when you walk around in a hospital i remember uh, listening to a testimony of catherine coleman that when she would go for her for her meetings, she would walk through the kitchen, and when she would walk through the kitchen to go to her meetings, people who were in the kitchen would fall under the power of God and repent and cry out for Jesus. Why? Is because she carried such a measure of the Holy Spirit that she it would begin to leak out of her. See, we, we are called as as wineskins. We're called as as a, as vessels. As, as people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. We're filled with the Holy Spirit, not just for ourselves. We're filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can pour Him out he wants to bring transformation in the world he wants to bring it's his nature to change things and make it like heaven ladies and gentlemen our responsibility the all of creation romans chapter 8 all of creation is longing is groaning and waiting for the sons of god to begin to manifest life it begin to manifest heaven on earth and it's our responsibility it's not it's our responsibility to begin to to carry this kingdom to begin to host this kingdom to begin to 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 be the ones who are the vessels that will pour out to manifest God's will on the earth and in closing I want to to read the Lord's prayer or our prayer in the Passion Translation And I'll read it from verse 2. So Jesus taught them this prayer. Our Heavenly Father, may the glory of your name be the center on which our life turns. May your Holy Spirit come upon us and cleanse us. Manifest your kingdom. On earth, and give us our needed bread for the coming day, and forgive our sins as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us, and rescue us every time we face tribulations. It's just such a powerful translation. It's so meaningful. There's so much of passion in this. This is the verse that really got to me. It says, may your Holy Spirit come upon us and cleanse us and manifest your kingdom on earth. It's so powerful when we understand God's perfect will for your life is that you would live. You would live and live in abundance. Not live in lack, not live in poverty, not live where your body is sick all the time, not live in fear of a virus, but live in faith. Live in full faith that he who began the good work in you will see it to completion. If he gave you a promise, if he gave you a word, don't give up. Don't give in to the the word of the enemy. Don't give in to the reality of life. But stand in your authority. Stand as the one who is the gatekeeper of your life. Stand in that place as the person that God has placed in government over your life. Because see, the government of heaven recognizes the government on the earth. So if you understand that you are the government, you are the president of your life, then you need to welcome His dominion upon your life. When you understand His will for your life and you begin to renew your mind with His will, you begin to see your life changing according to the way God sees it and when you welcome his kingdom his will will superimpose and bring transformation into every area that you submit to God so there may be areas of your life today that you've not submitted. Maybe there, there are people who are watching me who have not submitted their lives to God, who have not surrendered their lives to God. People who, who have, have made their own choices in their life and, and they've come into this stage in their life where they're looking at, at their lives and, and, and they've lost their money, they've lost their friends, they've lost their health, they've, they, they've just wasted their life. Or maybe your life has just been good but it's not been satisfactory. You've, you've had all the money but you're still not satisfied. What do I don't want to tell you. True satisfaction comes from the presence of God. True satisfaction comes when when you are living in the will of God for your life. When God has a perfect will for your life and you choose that will and you begin to see that will transforming your life. That is when you begin to fully get satisfied. And I want to encourage you today that no matter what you're going through, That there is a way that you can talk to God. There is a way that you can communicate to God. Jesus has given us a protocol. It's not just a model prayer that we can repeat over and over again. But he's encouraging us to embrace the perspective of heaven. To embrace the kingdom of God. The will of God on earth as it is in heaven bless you. I want to bless you. I want to declare long life upon you. I want to say that God's will for your life is that you would prosper in everything that you put your hand to. That is God's will for your life. God's will is that may you you prosper in your health even as your soul prospers. Jesus came to give us life and life in all its abundance. And I want to declare life to you right now. Life to your finances. Life to your relationships. Life to your health. I want to declare perfect health into your body right now. Why? Because it's God's will for your life. I want to bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen.